and we are live y'all welcome everybody happy new year greetings and salutations we are back in it again you are with us again thank you everybody i am deontay and i'm shakima and we are the Dunlaps, bringing the in Dunlaps. the 2023, the 2023, y'all. We are <laughs> in it again. It's the first one of the year. We hope to bring it in with, with some live and entertaining conversations, some enriching thoughts and some engaging, you know, engaging in exchanges in the conversation world. Um, so we're going to kick it off with our usual um, today in history. All right. So, um <laughs> y'all a couple things like I, I love doing these today in histories but sometimes it's just so sad like and I'm, I'm just going to preface today's by saying this is one of those sad ones okay so um today in history January 10th 1966 voting rights activist Vernon Dahmer is killed in Mississippi and this is one of the saddest ones. Like if you've ever watched Eyes on the Prize or anything like that, this this is one of those stories that was included. So in the early morning hours of January 10, 1966, two carloads of armed Ku Klux Klan members drove onto the property of Vernon Dahmer and his family, 10 miles outside of Hattiesburg, Mississippi. The white men set fire to the Dahmer's grocery store and house and blasted the buildings with gunfire. Mrs. Dahmer and three of their children managed to escape. But Mr. Dahmer sustained fatal lung damage while holding off attackers as his family fled. He died later that day. For years, Vernon Dahmer and his wife, Ellie, had slept in shifts to keep watch over their home in anticipation of attacks from local white terrorists. As a successful Black businessman and NAACP leader active in the voting rights movement, Mr. Dahmer and his family were targets of local white residents' hostility and violent attacks. Following Mr. Dahmer's murder, a massive crowd of Black residents gathered at a local courthouse and President Lyndon B. Johnson sent a wire expressing condolences. Mr. Dahmer's funeral was well attended and local residents raised money to restore the family's house. Four of the Dahmer's sons, who were serving in the U.S. military at the time, obtained leave to come home to their father's funeral and to help their mother rebuild. Fourteen Klansmen were arrested and charged with murder, arson, and conspiracy in the attack on the Dahmer home. Four of the men were convicted and a fifth pleaded guilty, but none served more than four years. In 1998, prosecutors reopened the case against Sam Bowers, the Klansman who ordered the attack. Mr. Bowers, at age 74, was convicted on August 21st, 1998, and sentenced to life in prison. He died in 2006. That was today in history, January 10th, 1966. Whew. It's a, that was a yeah that was pretty that was a pretty somber one man yeah but that goes to show you how important um voting is and being able to you know say your piece and cast your vote and you know participate you know in society you know and how much that that matters you know and because when people go through go to that lens you know to keep you from it Yep. You know, it's like there must be some you you can't deny the value in it when, you know, people will work that hard to keep people away from it. Man. That's and a I sad think, day. Like for me, you know, as a wife and I know Tisha, like just thinking about the idea of having to sleep in shifts with your spouse, you know, to protect yourself and the children like that is, you know, um, and to escape, you know, with 
some of the children, but your spouse is in there, um, and you know, you know, he, he he's willing to give his life to protect you all. And then the other sons that were active military duty, defending this country. And that's what the citizens of this country were doing to their families. You know, this is uh, Yeah. That's incredibly difficult to stomach, to accept, to process, you know, yeah, even yeah. so many years later, you know, it's like, you know, when do you count? You know, when do when do you matter? You know, if you can fight, you can you can fight for the same land that condemns you at the same time. That's it. You know, is that's a that's a that's a, a a brutal that's a brutal reality to have to face. You know. And y'all, I you know, I I've been wanting to like you know lighten it up sometimes because Dunlap and I you know we we have we we do have a sense of humor but it's hard to like do the show and like laugh after because it's important that we get this history too right. you know I mean we we can't always be shucking and jiving you know what I'm saying like we it's important that we get this history and you know at, at some point you know we'll we'll get to a today in history that's not like a brutal reminder of being black in this country but um but yeah, I do think that as long as we're telling the truth and as long as we're sharing stories that most people are unfamiliar with, um, and I think that was one of the ones that was the most recent history, you know, that was in the 60s. Right. So, um, yeah, and I don't, I don't, you know, 1998, it seems like we would remember the trial and I, I don't remember all that stuff. I don't either. I wonder like how widely publicized it was or was it not publicized at all? Like, I don't really seems like we would remember that you know that should have right. been like huge right and i don't think they really did a good job of, of um providing adequate media coverage of that right. trial but here we are yeah here we are so we have with us again today our real taboo leticia rivera clemente <laughs> the real taboo Thank well, y'all for having me. I'm honored to be here on your first episode, 2023. Let's get it. <laughs> so um, I am an agent uh, serving, of course, Austin Metro and Mainer areas, um, Flugerville, Brown Rock, Hutto, Elgin, pretty much all surrounding areas of Austin, but been in the Mainer community for 15 years. So I've uh, done a lot of business here as well. I uh, I want to ask y'all a question. So what do y'all think about everything that is coming in on the corner of 290 and 973? Do you guys know about all of that new construction and shopping that's going to be <laughs> crowding that area? Yes, okay, so, so tell us how you want us to answer this. Do you want us I to want, answer it like oh, yeah. we already live in Maine? Or do you truthfully. want us to answer it like... Well, more people to come to Maynard, thus buying homes from Tisha. Like, well, see, well, but see, that's the thing, though, because the difference with you know myself and some other agents is there's no fluff with me. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. I want people to know the real about the community that they're planning on, you know, raising their kids in or just you know moving to in general. So whether you have to know the good and the bad, right, so that that's you can it. make an educated decision. Go ahead, on that. Well, uh, my personal opinion is the 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 roadways aren't ready. 
That's right. Given everything that they're they're planning some major shopping outlets over there yes. and they with the influx of not just the residents, but the people who are coming from other cities that may be commuting from Pflugerville, from Austin, you know, from, you know, Bastrop that's coming here that may just be passing through or that just may say, hey, my local, you know, whatever store doesn't, you know, have this, you know, I'm going to go over here. I'm going to go to the manor one since it's new and everybody likes to go to the new stuff. So (laughs) I think that it is going to, I think while I think it's good, I just I think that the infrastructure is not prepared. I think the the infrastructure is infrastructure is bursting at the seams now. Um, and we we're at about eight, a little over eighteen thousand residents. And once you once you throw that major shopping in here, and it's going to bring in all of the, all the traffic and the, you know, like I said, like you said, new residents moving to Manor, yeah. it's going to explode, and it's going to be a massive traffic jam um oh, yeah. on a regular basis so yeah that i'm I'm while i'm excited for more options to shop <laughs> and you know um more places and not not and more places to go and i have to venture out so far um it's a double edge but i mean well another good point is is you know f- just speaking for my selfish self it's not that <laughs> far from us so if yeah, we wanted right to yeah we could we could I, I could you know get on yeah, a little scooter walk. Yeah, I can get a get a nice little scooter and just <laughs> and just make my way up there. You know, weave right. it, like the motorcycles do, weave in between. I'm not um, sure I'm gonna see you on a scooter though. On two, <laughs> where those people drive at that like Walmart intersection. That's why I said sidewalks though. I, I'm I'm going to be moving when that's everybody else stops. Because I'm like they'll ride on the side. These people. Yeah, I know that intersection is very dangerous. Yeah. Um, they recently you know tried to do some reconfiguring of the lanes, which has not helped. Um, but yeah, you said the right word. The infrastructure definitely needs some help. And for them putting an elementary there, which will right. be that K through eight school is gonna K be right there, eight. right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And shopping behind that. So it's just it's a whole lot of issues. Um yeah. so of course you you've got the positives and the negatives. Like you mentioned, um, Deontay, you know, the walkability. Yeah. will be great for those in the area, the apartment complexes that are there, um, you guys, that community there, being able to quickly access those stores, that will definitely be a plus. But yeah, they've got to do something about that traffic. Right. So that's that's my biggest thing to the traffic. But like for me, I mean, as long as I can get my groceries delivered. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm really honestly, I am, you know, as the, as the primary grocery shopper having that one walmart and then either having a choice of going all the way to elgin or flugerville or tech ridge to pick up groceries like that's just not okay um but so i think you know as long as we can have like a variety of of opportunities to have delivery then i think it might you know make it a little bit better but i i do hate having to drive all the way to somewhere else too yeah have a variety like our store here our walmart hardly ever has anything on the shelf so that's kind of like yes and the produce is terrible Mm -hmm. that's a whole nother conversation (laughs) but three things i definitely wanted to touch on um in my segment and i appreciate you guys again so much for allowing me to do this um but just quick market update for the city of maynard as of this afternoon there was 207 active properties um that that is a lot for you know this from 
as you compare this year to last year, yeah. <laughs> right? When right. Um, inventory was definitely low. And it's crazy because even though it seems like we have more homes available on the market, inventory is still low. Um, and we are, uh, let's see, there's, so as far as price point, within that 207 that's available, there's actually 47 that's under the 350K mark. And eight of those are under 300,000. And that's crazy because wow. again, compared to last year, you cannot find anything under 350 right. in the town of Maynard. Um, so that just goes to show you how the market is correcting itself. Yep. I know what a lot of people are hearing is, you know, this shift, this shift in the market. Yes, things have changed. Interest rates have gone up. Um, they will probably, you know, float back down a little bit. Right now we're at about 7% with interest rates. Um, but the, the market is definitely correcting itself. And people have to remember that we are kind of reverting back to pre-COVID. Yep. Um, you know, when COVID hit, things went crazy. Yeah. So <laughs> um, another thing I wanted to remind homeowners is if you haven't already done so, please file your homestead exemption. Um, you know, last year there was a change where the county tax assessor, they changed it to where when you purchase a home, you can now file at that time. You don't have to wait until that following year. Um, but for those who have not done it, now is the time and you have until April 15th to do so. Nice. Okay. Um, so you definitely want to do that, you know, get that exemption, get that tax break, okay, on your biggest investment. Um, another thing I know we mentioned before in the previous episodes about how important it is to link up with a knowledgeable realtor and a lender. Um, another thing is when you go out or before you go out to new construction homes and new construction properties or home sites and speak with a representative there, please have an educated realtor there with you. Do not go by yourself. Um, I say this because and not all builders are this way, but they do not have your best interest at heart always, because they don't work for you. They work for the builder. So that's why it's important to have representation. A lot of people think, well, um, you know, I'll get a discount if I go in without a realtor. And that is a myth. It's not true because guess what? The buyer is not paying the agent. The right. seller is who pays the agent unless they are not paying the full percentage of whatever is agreed upon between the buyer and the buyer's agent. So real important, have a knowledgeable realtor that can explain that to you because they know the right questions to ask when you go into a builder. Lots of builders are throwing out all these incentives and you know we're giving out 20K, we're giving out 12K. Well, do you know exactly how that will adjust your payment or what you can apply that money to? That's good. Um, yeah, and a lot of people don't know, you know what to ask. They just think, oh my gosh, this builder is giving us $20,000. Well. Does that help? Are they paying your closing costs or are you taking that out of that 20K? Are they paying the title policy or are they also taking that out of that 20K that they right. say they're giving you? Yeah, right. that's good. So yeah, it's just it's so important that um, buyers, when they go out, just to please have a knowledgeable realtor. If you're you know in the area or need an agent, contact me. Happy to answer any questions and happy to help you with the home buying journey. Absolutely. Thank you, Tisha. That was that was um, that was awesome information. And one of the things that you said reminded me of when we were um, getting ready to close on the Atlanta home, like that you have to pay attention when you're on places like Zillow, Trulia, oh. Red, what it was, Red Door, something like that. Yeah. But anyway, so like you know how you see what what they're giving your agent. 
And if that minimum doesn't come up to what your agent's minimum is for whatever their broker is telling them their minimum, then you have to pay that out of your pocket. So even right. though that house might be like, oh, you know, we love this home, like, boo, it closing, you got to have that money. You got to, you, somebody's got to slide that money to your agent. So exactly. And that should never be a surprise. Yep. Okay. You know, a lot of agents, you know, will surprise people with this information, but when, when you have hired an agent, that agent should have gone over everything word for word in that contract, in that buyer's representation agreement, and in that portion that talks about compensation. A lot of people are afraid of that paragraph, (laughs) but you have to explain it. And we have a duty, a fiduciary duty to our client to make sure that we are doing everything in their best interest. And it is in their best interest to understand the contracts. Right. I love it. Well, you know, like they say in the richest man in Babylon, you don't consult the bricklayer about diamonds. The diamond expert consult about diamonds, you know, so you consult your experts and that way your your investment is maintained, you know, um, because you don't have to redo it. So I always follow that. Because you read books. (laughs) You got money. Let me go cue that Quinta uh, buzz for you. He got money. Yeah, Richest Man (laughs) in Babylon is one of my favorite books. That that book is about that thick. And yeah. it has so much information in it. It's such an easy read, such a good book. So viewers, if y'all haven't read it, pick it up. I have it and I have not read it yet. It is on my shelf though. Yep. It's a really so good I book. I need to read it. I'm actually I'm gonna go dig it out of my library and read it again. I'm I'm inspired now. Yes, please be inspired <laughs> so I can quit my job. Thank you. <laughs> We're working on it. We're working on Look it. Look at God. Okay. <laughs> Well, Tisha, we know you have to run. We thank you so much for your time. Like your thank time you. is so valuable because we know that your work does not fit between regular business hours. So <laughs> thank you. So true. Tell your clients, thank you for letting us borrow you for a few minutes so we can get some more people Aww. in their homes. Thank you. So true. I, you know, I was actually on the phone with one of my clients a couple of weeks ago at 11 p.m. I believe it. And yeah. <laughs> sometimes, you know, that's, that's just me. And it just speaks to the person that I, I am, the, the real toy that I am. You have to be there and you have to lend that ear and you have to have empathy. It is imperative. Absolutely. So Absolutely. thank you guys so thank much. You. Thank you, Tisha. Have a good night. y'all so much. Y'all too. All right, Dunlap. All right, Dunlap. We forgot about the technology this today. We forgot about today in technology history. Okay. So, gonna, so I want to circle back to circle today back. in technology history. Let's talk about Apple again. I think okay. this is the second time we this is the second um second one in history that we had something about Apple. Um I mean they're this, pretty important in technology. So yeah, they they changed the phone game. So um January 10th, 2006. This is rel- this is in relatively recent years. Uh, relative recent history put it like that apple ships intel inside um seven months after announcing that macintosh computers would transition from power pc to intel the first apple computers to ship with intel processes are released the intel-based imac and macbook pro models will soon be followed by the rest of apple's macintosh line in 2006 the importance of this transition cannot be overlooked as it enabled a level of compatibility with Windows computers never before possible. There, through virtual machine software or Apple's, or Apple's later introduced boot camp technology, people could run Windows software directly on their Macs at the same speed as a Windows-based computer. 
This effectively removed a huge roadblock many people had to owning a Macintosh computer, even if it was a more, even if it was more of a psychological security blanket for many. Wow. So this gave um, Apple, you, you know, Windows, Windows, Windows users a uh, foothold into Apple, into IMAX. That's so, interesting. Um, yeah. So expanded, um, expanded the user base. That's how you, that's, that's how you get, that's how you expand your user base. You make it available to more people. You, when you put, when you make things proprietary, you keep your um, products available to only a certain subset of the market. But Mm -hmm. when you expand and you are making your offering, you know, when you keep the same platform, but offer, but, but change it to where um, you can bring in a broader array of users, you know, you expand your market reach. And so I think this is one of the ways that Apple, was able to make his way into you know um more uh, windows ha- windows households wow because um, you either because you know at one point you had one or the other you had your windows users then you had your pc windows users and then mm-hmm. you had your 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 mac users your apple um users and they usually didn't combine um and then you know and then we moved into this you know and then we moved into an era where you could do a boot where you could boot up windows on a mac device um, so kind of, you know, increase, you know, um, expanding that capability, uh, to be able that way Mac users could use, um, windows based devices that weren't readily compatible with the Mac OS, the Mac iOS system. Um, so it's really, so really, really expanded, you know, and really changed the game and how we do and how we compute. So how smart. we, um, cro- use cross, what we call cross platforming. You're so smart. I try. I try. So, I'm, I'm, so when I have that, when I have that like blank look in my eyes when you're talking about this stuff, I'm really just captivated. Yeah, I'm. I'm using. I'm usually not the smartest one in the room. So I, I'm. Yes, you are. I, I like to. Um, yes, you are. You know, so it's, it's it's good to, you know, well, you know, it's, it's good to speak about you know some of what I know about, but you know, I'm usually I'm usually in the room with bigger brains than mine. So. Okay. Excellent. <laughs> All right, so what are we going to talk about? 2023 in me. Listen, let me put my glasses on. (laughs) It is the year, I think, 2022 put everybody in the mindset to, man, screw this. Mm -hmm. I'm not not doing this no more. It's a wrap, son. It's it. Because, I I mean, I just feel like... Because, hey, let's talk about, you know, let's, let's... you know, one of the things I struggle with sometimes is, you know, working with my fellow humans, you know, and we are slowly but surely drifting into this age of individualism, and mm-hmm. which is no problem because individuals make the whole, right? Yeah. But we have a level of entitlement that is becoming so pervasive in our society right now, and it makes doing things really hard you know yeah um and 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 so it you know for me 2023 you know i'm kind of seeing past that you know i'm usually pretty you know pretty careful with my words but this year is like you know what i'm not i'm not kowtowing i'm not I'm not bowing to your sensibilities. If I have a truth that I need to express, I'm going to express it because the more and more I sugarcoat it, the more and more I mask it, the more and more you expect me to. Mm-hmm. And it's, there's an expectation that you just, just count time and give people what they want, tell them what they want to hear, you know, give and it's like, that's not, that's not how that's, that's not the real, that's not how life works, you know? And 
you know, it's just, and just for me, and you know, I, I guess most folk, most of the younger generation, they'll call me old and I'll take it. You call me old, I call me advanced. It is what it is. And, you know, but this, you know, but that's just tell that, that just let me, the level of entitlement has put me in a position where I'm like, okay, I have to, then I have to stand on the truth. Yes. And I have to say what needs to be said. I have to do what needs to be done, you know, um, and feelings aside, you know, because if, you know, feelings are fickle and how somebody feels one, one minute may be totally different the next. And so if I'm, if I'm making moves and decisions off of fickle feelings, then I'm going to be constantly changing, rechanging, deciding, undeciding, redeciding. It's like, I can't, I have to be decisive. And that's one of my, that's one of my focuses for this year is being decisive. Yep. Um, and I can't, t- I can't tap dance around people's feelings. And that's an unfortunate truth that a lot of people may or may not like. Yeah. And, and I think for me, um, as, a, as a wife, as a mom, um, as an educator, like I'm surrounded by spaces where I'm required to put everybody first. You know, it's one thing to put everybody first inside my home. Um, but it's another to consistently do that all day and to have an inordinate amount of people who all expect for you to put them first. Right. And they forget that what, what it takes for you to put them first might necessarily require you to put all 150, 200 people last or second or whatever, you know? Um, And so I'm just in a space, right, where I just feel like, you know, we we talk uh, so much about setting boundaries and creating healthy boundaries, but then if you're in a profession that you're not allowed to do that, you know, right. like that creating a personal boundary, um, it, you know, is diametrically opposed to you doing a good job, then it's hard to reconcile that. You know, right. and I'm at that phase in my life where there are some things I'm just not willing to compromise anymore. Um, and one of them is a, is peace of mind. I'm just not willing to compromise that anymore. And so, um, so yeah, so that's, for me, 2023 is about like self-actualization, mm-hmm. you know, like this is the, this is the last new year that I won't be Dr. Dunlap. Let's right, the last new year that I won't be Dr. Dunlap. And so this, this hard fought battle um, of overcoming every ounce of adversity that's, that's ever shown up in my life, um, I'm, I'm tired of fighting. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of fighting to exist. I'm tired of fighting to prove myself. I'm tired of fighting, you know, my own insecurities and the voices in my head that, that, you know, tell me that I won't ever be enough or that I don't belong here, that I can't do this or that I can't do, I'm just tired of fighting. And I'm also at a place where I don't feel like I have anything else to prove. Absolutely. I'm okay with me. And so whoever is not, that's on them. (laughs) You know what I mean? And so I, I, I understand that, um, this, this emotional space that I'm in, this, this spiritual space that I'm in is not conducive. Right to be in my, in my same profession. And so that's kind of, that's kind of where I am. Um, so thank you for rocking with me through all the ups and downs. I couldn't have done it it. without you. You know how we do it. And, and, you know, and, and, you know, kind of to, to add to, you know, what we were talking about, you know, and this how, as far as 2023 and, you know, and, 
you know, part one thing I realized is that when when you're a leader, when you when you have so much responsibility mm-hmm. and I don't you know me, I don't run from responsibility. I run to it. You know, I take care of my business. That's what I've always done. And one thing I realized is that the more and 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 I intend to become a better leader and continue to lead. And in that comes more responsibility. And with that responsibility, you know, that God blesses me with, I know I can't afford to miss my words. I know I can't afford to, um, to, to, to bend to entitlements. You know, I know, I know I can't, I, I can't do that. My integrity won't allow me to. That's it. And, to, and to be a leader with integrity, you know, you have to stand on the truth. You have to stand on the principle of truth. And, and it's not to be, and I'm, I'm not, I've never been a raw crass person. Um, so I understand that it's a way to say everything. It's a way to deliver everything. And so, you know, my, my methods is always, um, true, but it's going to be direct. And so, mm-hmm. you know, in, in my goals for this year to increase my professional capacity to become, you know, a better leader, uh, you know, and, and, you know, and, and, and step up my levels in leadership and become a, a leader with more responsibility. Um, you know, my goal is to be in, I'm going to, I have to be more direct because that's where all of my colleagues appreciate is directness is, you know, a, a non-mincing of the words and all of my mentors and, 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 and people that I follow and admire, you know, they're all, you know, they all, you know, um, stand on the principle of being honest and direct, yeah. not disrespectful. You know, a lot of people think that disrespect is honesty. A lot of people think that, you know, um, rudeness or crassness is, is, is honesty. It just, how it comes out is, you know, Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they don't understand the, the, the factor of tact. And so, um, so yeah, that's my, that's my goal for this year. You know, um, I, you know, sometimes I think about getting back into, um, you know, um, I, I'm considering getting back into, you know, teaching, um, you know, Muay Thai again. And, and again, that's another aspect where, you know, you have to be honest with your clients. You have to be honest with your students where they are. You know, if you have a student that's eager to fight, but they can't, they can barely throw a jab. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not going to put you in the ring. Yeah. You know, I appreciate, you know, you, you, you come every single day. Yes. But you still haven't properly thrown your jab yet. So I cannot put you in a ring with another human being who can throw a really good jab and, and, and knock your whole fronts out. So um, you, baby, and- you, you bring up such an interesting point right there, because a lot of what I'm, a lot of what I'm finding recently is people who expect for you to put them in a fight when they're, and they're not ready. Right. And instead of them just acknowledging the fact that it's it's not that anybody's not doing certain things to assist me, it's that this is the level that I'm currently on. And it may not be anybody's fault that I'm on this level. Right. But nobody wants to be on that level. Everybody right. wants to be amazing. Everybody wants to be phenomenal, no matter what their natural proclivities or in, inclinations are. Like everybody thinks they should be phenomenal. And so mm-hmm. the role that that we play is it's 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 like walking a tightrope you know because it's like when I do when I when I celebrate you and I tell you you know all the amazing things that you're doing then we're good right and like you'll never call anybody and say like wow this is the best teacher I've ever had but the moment that as a teacher I assess you and say like you got this score because this is what your score, like, this is where you are right now. Then all of a sudden it's like, this teacher hates me. This teacher's this, this teacher's that, you know? And so it's like, what happened to 
the days when we actually understood maybe I'm just not there yet and maybe it's not anybody's fault right like maybe it's not that somebody else is not giving me 100% of themselves maybe I'm not giving 100% to this and I shouldn't be offended when I'm not giving 100% and that person assesses it as such you know and so I think there's something that has happened like this generational shift of where people just want you to tell them how phenomenal they are and it's okay like it's okay to not be phenomenal all the time and it and it and not be phenomenal at all the things right maybe you're phenomenal at other things that I'm that I don't have the opportunity to assess but so um I'm glad you said that about people not knowing when they're not ready to get in the ring you know we we one of the things I've, I've i've come to learn and this is the one of the blessings and the curses of you know been living in the age of the internet is that everybody thinks they know more than the expert we can have people who are certified and experts and have people who may have watched a youtube video or, or you know may have been to one seminar and will question the expert um and that's the thing it is we have lost faith in the experts because nowadays everybody can be an expert. Everybody yeah. can go to a few seminars and, you know, they can become they can become a coach in this area. And, and they may not even have the credentials or not even necessarily they may have the, the, the credential on paper, but they don't have that time proven experience. Um, you know, kind of going back to the notion of, you know, putting a, a, a prepared fighter in the ring. You know, you you go in there, you and, and you know, you allow somebody to, you know, test themselves, you know, despite, you know, your 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 expertise and you telling them ultimately they're going to blame you. I don't care what waiver you sign. You know, what waiver that they sign, if you put somebody who thinks they're prepared in the ring with a monster and they get demolished, you're you as the coach are held responsible for that. That's it. And, you know, and, and, and that's the, and that's the hard part that a lot of people who are seeking the service don't understand when you say no, it's like, I have a responsibility to you as the expert. And as the expert is my job to let you know when you're ready. It's just like being a parent. You know, if you got a, if you got a, a young person in your home who doesn't seem to exude any ability to adult, you know, it's like, yeah, I'd be you'd be upset if I sent you out there. When you say you're ready and I send you out there, you know nothing about life. And you're going to come back to me 10 years saying, you didn't teach me anything. That's good. You didn't Mm -hmm. teach me how, you didn't teach me about bills. You didn't teach me the importance of this. And it's like, but you thought you was ready though. I let you out there because you thought you was ready. You know, and sometimes you can't just because somebody think they're ready, it doesn't necessarily mean they are. And and, and and a lot of times it's hard for that person to understand because it's like you said, Everybody wants to be the everybody wants to be an expert after the first time. Everybody wants to shine after the first go. Everybody wants to hit the home run on the first swing because we've gotten so used to relishing in the extraordinary that we forget yeah. that the ordinary is every day. It's that every it's day. O- yeah. It's okay to be average. Average doesn't mean you're not worthy. Average means that you're here yep. and, you're, and you fit in the greater mold of what's happening. And we have gotten so far away of relishing and and being appreciative of just the ordinary. Ordinary doesn't mean less. Why would you not want an ordinary life? You know, everybody wants this extraordinary life. Everybody wants this, you know, this, this, you know, this, you know, like one of the, one of the buzzwords on the internet nowadays is high, high value people. 
like, what is that? You know, it's like every, you know, everybody's like the, the, the average people are the high value people because they're the ones that keep everything going. If the, if the average people stop, everything stops. If the ordinary stops, everything stops. And life is not about life is not in the high and the very low. It life happens in the middle. And we in and the internet has internet, Instagram fame, Facebook fame has, you know, led us to believe that, yeah, you know, you can you can you can become this after you know in, in such and such time, you can do this in three become an expert in two days. And if you go, you know, it's just we that's the world we live in. And when, and, and the, the sad part is, is when is those of us who fall for it and don't get the results that was advertised, they fall off and they completely stop Yeah, because they, they're comparing those who did get that extraordinary, who was that one in a million shot that was in the right place at the right time with the right people. You know, they keep comparing themselves to them. That's it. You know, and we what you know, uh, Jiru Krishnamani says, comparison is the is the gateway to suffering. If you want to suffer, start comparing. Compare yourself to other people. Compare what mm-hmm. you have to someone else's. Then you're gonna find out what suffering is because everything you have is no longer enough. You know, so that's you know, yeah. So that that's that's my you know that's my take on that. You know, um, I I I love it, and I'm I'm thankful that I have you you know, to hold me accountable, but also to lift me up and let me know, you know, when I'm being extra hard on myself. And I think that one thing, you know, I wish that, um, that I could, you know, could have understood a lot sooner in life is that, um, it's okay to be growing. Mm-hmm. It's okay to be growing. Right. So if, if something is a two-year process, I don't have to have mastered it in the first semester of that two-year process, right? Like, why would I be upset with myself or with my teacher or whatever? Like, why would I be upset with, with, with that if I didn't get a perfect score, like, in the beginning? You know what I'm saying? Like, I still have time left. I still have semesters to go. You know, I remember going into the doc program and, you know, professor saying, you can't write. And me saying, okay, um, I have two degrees in English. I'm published already. Like I, I, I know I can write, but what they were saying was for this type of audience, there's a certain way that we want to see your writing, right? We want um, your ideas to flow in a certain way. So like just saying that, yes, you have great ideas. Yes, you understand sentence variation. You understand all those things, but like there's a skill set that we need you to pick up. Now, here's the crazy part. Nobody taught me. Mm. You, you remember all those semesters where I was just like, okay, so like, how do I, and they would say, go look at good writing. Wow. Go look at studies that yeah. are similar to the study that you're planning to conduct and start to model your writing after that. Look at the way that they phrase things. Look right. at their thought process. See if you can get in the in their mind like as they're doing it so you can understand the reasoning behind it and not just mimic it, right? And so over the course of, of these years that I've been in this program, I have taught myself how to do that. If I had stayed stuck in a place of saying, well, I'm not going to do it because nobody taught me, or I can't do this because I don't have good teachers and, and the teachers are not showing, I would never have gotten to the place that I'm in now. 
Right. And so I kind of had to get out of my own way and stop lamenting what I quote unquote wasn't getting and figure out how to find ways to get it, um, you know, for myself. Mm-hmm. And so that's, I guess that's the difference. Um, yeah. So I'm, I, I just want to share some, I want to share some things that I found from, I, you know, I follow Nedra Tawab. She's like, comes like a life coach. Um, and I want to share some things that I, that she shared over, over um, the break, like as we were getting ready to come back into the new year. And this is some stuff that she talked about taking with us into 2023. Okay. And she said, people will tell you it's okay to have healthy boundaries, but when you set boundaries with them, they become upset. <laughs> so just, right. Like all this, take care of yourself right? Like, we don't want you to work yourself to death. We just, we want you to pace yourself, you know, take care of you too, right? Like, do your job, but take care of you. But then if there's a client that says that you did something, even if it was a part of you setting your boundaries, you could lose your whole thing, right? But the next one says, people will tell you not to hurry to make a decision, but when you want to make a decision about them, they'll rush you. Mm. You mean repeat that one? Oh no, I I got that first time straight out <laughs> the frying pan. I'm still yes. I'm still trying to I'm still trying to chew on that one. Take your time. Try to cool it off. I'm but if the cool decision is about them, we gotta hurry this up, right? right? Mm-hmm. The next one is people will tell you to be assertive, but when you speak up for yourself with them, it's gonna create a problem. How many times? Have I heard? Because you know, I'm I'm pretty, I'm 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 pretty quiet and laid back and reserved in nature. And you know, I you know I've been told by for the better part of my life, hey man, you need to you need to be more assertive. You need to speak up. You need to do this. And then it's like, okay, okay you sure? All right. And once they unleash, and when I unleash the dragon, like I said, even tactfully, hey, man, you know, feelings is hurt. You know, ego yep. is just shattered, and it's like I didn't know you felt that way. I can't, you know. And it's like, but this ain't about you. This is, you, you asked me to speak my piece on it. I see, this is why I didn't say anything in the first place, because you were going to take what I said about you and you know, you're going to make all this about you. Oh man. That one is that, that's the story of my life right there. That's a story. <laughs> listen, of my life. listen. You're too quiet. So You're too for those passive. of you who are uh, following us uh, on live on the Facebook feed, I put her uh, link inside the chat for you. Um, awesome 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 phenomenal therapist like listen listen so the next one says people will admire your drive but when you tell them no because it's not aligned with your goals they will be offended or they'll try to clown you that's it or they'll try to clown oh i thought you i thought you i thought you i man, you had you had me thinking mm-hmm. you know how they do oh yeah the next one says, people will expect you to listen and have the capacity to show up for them. But when you're going through something, they become emotionally unavailable to you. And so for me, the way my Leo energy is set up, <laughs> if I am available, like if I'm loyal, I'm loyal to a fault, right? Like I'm a, if I'm on your team, I'm going to ride hard for you. But if you make me feel like you don't hold space for me, like if I'm going through something and you try to shut me up or shut me down, like, 
or you know try to hurt make me hurry up and move past whatever my pain is and my emotions are i can't process like that especially when you when you've been down and there for that person you roll for that person in their time of need too so like i really just i'm like okay well since i don't have space here because i can't process inward you know what i'm saying it's not like i have to be spilling over into somebody else's space you know right i got a husband so like i can process inward but like when, when i when i feel myself having to draw back retract or um censor myself because actually my self-censoring is a trauma-based response right Right. for most of my life I've had I've not I haven't had anybody who would actually care or listen or like you know what I mean and so for me I'm monitoring everything I say like when I'm listening when I'm talking to people and I'm about to share something with them. I'm watching their body language, their faces, whatever. Like I even caught myself doing that in therapy. Like I was monitoring my therapist to see, oh, that's too much. Let me stop talking. You know? And so my self-censoring is like a force of nature. And so when I find myself having to do that, I realize I'm not in a healthy, safe space. And so I will retreat, right? Until, not to cut you totally off for the rest of our lives, but until I can figure out a way to be with you safely create that boundary correct that's what we're dealing with that's exactly what we're dealing with yep and so you know that that is kind of um you know some of the things that i want to i wanted to share and i think i have a few more so let's see yeah i have a few more because these were good hold on Okay, so I think the last one is sometimes people want what you are willing to offer. Sometimes people want what's best for you, but not if it means they can't get what they want from you. And sometimes people struggle with practicing what they preach. I got a fam of face on that one. So like, as long as what's best for you is also what's best for me, then I want that for you. But if what's best for you is going to cause me problems, then I need you to not do that, right? Because ultimately, I'm only interested in what's best for me. And that's the bottom line, right? So like, by all means, create boundaries, create a work-life balance, create all these things. But as long as you can still do all the things, then that won't create a problem. It creates a problem when you're creating a work-life balance and you say, okay, today I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do this instead. Or you know what? Next week I'm not doing that at all because like I don't have the emotional capacity for that. Then it's problems. Then it's problems. So thank you for allowing me to share those. I hope that that really blessed some people. Um, Please go to Nedra Tawab's website. It's N-E-D-R-A-T- a w w a b.com nedra tawab.com and on that note i also want to give a shout out to charlotte capers charlotte if you're listening thank you for telling me about nedra like we were having a meltdown together at work i think and she was like this is who you need to and that was that was last year that was last year i think it was like 2021 and i have been following nedra tawab since so Wow. You have good people in your life and they say to you like, hey, check this person out. I think you could really grow, you know, from from surrounding yourself by that kind of influence. Please listen. And there's actually a boundary quiz on her website. So I encourage everybody under the sound of my voice to go locate her and take that boundary quiz and just be good to yourself. Be good to yourself. 2023 and, and you, 
right? 2023 mm-hmm. and me. I'm gonna do me in 2023. And I hope y'all can get with it. They either gonna have to or they're gonna have to kick rock. Because I'm trying to be a housewife. <laughs> we're, laughing, gonna, we're, gonna, we're gonna work on we're gonna I've been, work on I've been talking that. to God about you. I'm like, Lord, um we're working on that. We're enlarge my on. husband's territory. <laughs> you know how we do it. <laughs> All right, so give me let's talk. Let's give me some of those questions. We have that that question. What's the question box called? All right. So quick plug. Um, so you know, ironically enough, we were doing we did the um white elephant gift at work, uh-huh. uh, white, white elephant um um, how, whatever you, you have to it. describe that because everybody doesn't do that. Like yeah, I had never even heard did. of it until I came to Texas, and I was like, I don't know what? Yeah, it was new for me too. I, I, you know, I rarely, I rarely participate, but I just happened to be in the office. But where you know they, um, they blind wrap gifts. Um, they put numbers on them. You put numbers from a hat. Um, you pull a number from a box or a hat, and but and you pull a number based on, um, based on your turn in line, and you can either, um, I think you could either keep the gift. I think once everybody, you can either keep it, you can swap with somebody or something like that. I, I forget how the game really goes. But luckily, um, on my first try, I managed to pull this neat little game called Family Time Together. Well, you can't really see it, but it's called Family Time Together. It's, it's like a, it's a set of, it's a set of um, cards, but it's, it's just um, a deck of cards with questions to kick off conversation, uh, which I thought was fantastic um, for, our, for our show. Um, And so um, I thought that would be a good, you know, good way to kind of, you know, keep the conversations popping, you know, kind of, you know, see what's good. And so I'm excited. We got a couple. We got we got a few questions today. Um, And the first question is, um, if you could travel back in time and thank someone, who would it be and why? You said thank someone. Thank them. Appreciate someone. Mm. so I'm, I'm torn on that one because it's like would I go and thank like a famous person for what they did for the world or like our community um so I guess if I had to go back and thank a famous person I probably will go back and thank Zora Neale Hurston okay yeah at first, I was like, I'll go back and thank Dr. Charlotte Hawkins Brown, founder of the Palmer Memorial Institute, because that was the inspiration for me for founding a Fed Academy. Um, but I would think Zora, Zora Neale Hurston, because one of the things that I that I admire about her the most is just her relentless personhood. Like she just knew who she was in a time when so many people were just confused about the goodness that a black woman is you know right. and she was uncompromisingly black af okay and I, I and i just admire that about her so much and so you know she was so much herself that even in 2023 we're still coming to terms with everything that she accomplished and contributed to our community to the world of literature and anthropology so i think her um on a personal level my grandmother because I know that m- most of my goodness comes from her. And I would um, thank her. And I want to know, you know, all the lessons that she never got to tell me. You know, like, so for this age of my life of raising ad- adult children, what do you do? Yeah. You know, how do you navigate this space? 
Um, yeah. What about you? Oh, man. You know, um, if I could go back and thank one person, he's still alive today. I would thank um, Coach Kumpong, my, oh, okay. my, original, my original Muay Thai coach. Gotcha. Um, he, you know, he, I remember my second fight, my back was against the wall. And um, he, it, we had one of those rocky moments mm. where he, you know, he, he pulled me out of the depths of myself. And, um, and he taught me the, you know, he taught me this, this really, this, I hear it, I hear him in my head all the time when I, when I, some days when I feel like giving up and I feel like just, you know, um, but he, you know, he, he was, you know, he was that person that told me, yo, man, if you, if you give up, you're going to regret it for the rest of your life. Wow. And that was a moment where I really decided from that moment on, that I'm going to dig in and I'm going to lean into the wind and I'm going to, and I'm going to throw the, and I'm going to throw whatever I got at whatever problems in front of me. And, you know, and I lost that, you know, I lost that fight. That was the the only amateur fight. Yeah. The only amateur fight I lost. Um, but you know, he, you know, that, that set a fire under me and it was like, yo, you know, um, I, you know, I won't, you know, I, I, I in that split second, I, I, I saw myself and I was like, and I decided in that moment now, this isn't, this is how I want to be remembered. And um, it was epic, you know, and, um, and, and even though I lost that fight, I left with my dignity. And that was, and, you know, and, and, and in a fight where you bear your, where you, where you bear your all and you give your all, not just to yourself, to your opponent, to the crowd and, and, and you know, and and in that in that moment that you rise to that occasion, that that was a victory in and of itself. And so I would, if I could go back to that moment, um, I would thank him again. I, I would thank him for that. Um, I don't know That's if he okay. knows how much that meant to me because I think about that whenever I feel like quitting, whenever I feel like giving up, whenever I feel like just saying, you know what, I'm not doing this anymore. I think about that moment, and you know that was that that was a key turning point in my life. You know, I love that um, for you. And I would, and I would also, um, I would go back at, I would, I would thank my dad, you know, um, just for, you know, being a man, um, you know, moving into my own, um, adulthood and, and re realizing that, man, there's no instruction manual for this. Mm -hmm. And despite his, despite, you know, where life took him, you know, I, you know, I respect his choices and, you know, um, and despite what anybody thought, despite judgment, you know, when you're when you're trying to think about the future and what you want for yourself, what you want for your children and your family, you know, you're going to do what you you're going to do what you feel like is going to benefit them the most. And um, and I know, you know, his journey wasn't easy at all, you know. Um, and so I would like to to thank him for just just being a man, just being, a you know, being a, being a man you know, and, and, and really, um, doing his best with what he had. And, um, and as my, and as I see myself doing the best with what I have, I, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm often reminded, you know, um, you know, just, there's no, nobody, there's no book for this. There's no instruction manual on this. You do what you're best with what you have. And, um, you know, and you rock with it. I believe he'd be so proud of you. I know he is. That would be, I know he yeah. is, you know, so, those would be the two. Those would be the thanks that I would. I would. Those would be the two people I go back and thank. This is more, but those are the two that you know yeah. I, I want to share today. 
Okay. So give me one more question and then one we'll more close question. out for tonight. One more Let's question. See what you got. Let's see what you got. Oh man. Oh, okay. Um, what is the the angriest you've ever been? I think that might be, I might think that one might be too real. I think that one might, we might, you know, table that one. Yeah, let's um, pass. <laughs> all right. What is something, <laughs> all right. What is something that you know you do differently than most people? Teach. Okay. Period. I, I could attest to that. I, I, I witnessed baby. it. I have. I as frustrated as I am with my profession, I know that I was born to do this. Um, and it, there is not a shadow of a doubt in my mind that I was put on this planet to teach. Um, and so when I feel that I have moved past my, um, my prime or my level of, um, of, of actually being a, a quality contributor to my profession, then I know it's time for me to figure something else out. Right. I think I'll always be a teacher, whether it's in a classroom, a pulpit, whatever, you know what I'm saying? But that's my profession. That is my ministry gift is to teach. And so maybe I'm transitioning um, to another, you know, plane of existence in this calling. Um, I don't think I'll ever give up on, on, on teaching per se, but yeah. I know I do that differently than anybody else. I, I I agree. I never I haven't I haven't met one like you. I had my share of I had my share of teachers, so I haven't met I haven't met one that do it like you. So thank you, baby. And you've seen you've seen the ups and downs, right? You've been there, so you you know absolutely. You know what I put the time I put in, the energy that I put in, and how hard I go for my babies. What do you do differently than anybody else? Well, one of the things I get, um, I don't want to call it praise, but I get that I've heard a lot is stay calm. I have a Yeah, you do. You really do. Um I I I I've been I've been told and and, and I never and I never met anybody else that's been that I've heard been that I've ever heard this ever been mentioned about but one of the things that I often often one of the one of the comments people give me is that you know I bring calm to a situation mm-hmm. and you um do. and so that's one of the things that I think I do um is stay cool you know it's, it's keep my cool you know even mm-hmm. when I'm even when I'm furious you know um I you know I, I do my I, I work really really hard to stay cool um and so that's what I think I do different than most people to stay is is my is stay calm yeah, um, I'll, I'll give you that. And then, but see, the on the flip side, after you finish doing all that calm, if you ever flip out, you do that like nobody else. Oh yeah, when that when that, that, when that when lion that lion, comes out, yeah, when the lion come out the cage, it's, that's that's why I keep that joker. Like yo, I'm, if if I have to let you out, it's gonna be it's gonna be hard to put you back. So they don't want none. So I keep it. So I keep real, 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 real cool. Yeah, you um, do good. You do good. I be playing. So, I be poking the bear. Can I be like, stop playing? She keep cooking, you know. You're gonna be somewhere crying in a minute. <laughs> but yeah, because yeah, I, yeah, I can I can say and do some things that you know that I and I've, I've never had a situation where I lost my cool and didn't regret it. So yeah. um I, I'm like, yeah, I'd rather I'd rather just keep my cool. And there's never been a time when and there's been some time where I regret to keep my cool too. 
that part because sometimes you can you can do it to a fault yeah. and then i'd be in the background saying now you know he said no tomatoes but take this plate back i'm just kidding so i guess it's patience and being cool yeah so yeah. staying cool and i don't mean being cool like yeah i mean being cool like just collected stay icy oh. Mm-hmm. I see. You don't know what's going on. <laughs> yep. You don't know what's going on in here. Uh, I love it. So awesome. So, babe, that was good. Um, that was awesome. You know, this is our first live episode of 2023. And I and I really want to, you know, set some intentions. Mm-hmm. Let's close out tonight and I'll let you state the intention because you're the head of this family. You're the head of my life. So let, what's your intention? for 2023 for our time together and in it together with Dunlaps. What I, 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 our intention will be to enrich as many lives as we can is to hopefully entertain, bring a smile, educate, offer a different perspective. You know, um, I truly believe that conversation rules the nation because if you can't talk, you can't do anything. And so the, my intent for this would be to reach the right people. I don't have, we don't have to reach everybody. I'm not, you know, we're not, we don't have to reach the whole world. It'd be nice, you know, and get some of that ad revenue. Yeah. But to reach the right ears, to reach the right people is the intent. Because the right people will also spread it to the other, to the more right people and more right people. And so, and then it'll be a network of, you know, people of same thought, you know. Um, and so that will be my intention um, in terms of moving through this. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to change the world. I'm trying to do something to spend time together with you and, 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 and share and engage in conversation with you and, and spread some knowledge and some love and you know and just you know like i said hopefully offer a little bit of entertainment with a little bit of education and you know some conversation to spark some thought you know so that's my intention and and you know like tupac said you know maybe spark the mind that that makes some real change you know if i'm not if, if we're not the ones to do it maybe we inspire somebody to do it you know I and love it. each one reach one each one teach one right so yep. um and so that's my intention, you know. Um, I ain't here to save the world, just the ones that I'm, I'm just here to reach the ones that that that'll listen. Because I ain't trying to make nobody listen. That's just something I don't do. <laughs> I'm, I'm the one thing I'm not gonna make you do is listen to me. If you decide, if you listen, awesome. If you don't, don't it. don't holler at me when it don't when it don't work out for you. I'll see you when it don't work out for you. But uh, <laughs> well, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank, you, thank you. I have enjoyed our conversation tonight, and. We'll see whether it takes us. But I, I touch and agree with you on that intention that, you know, we're not going to be for everybody, but the real one's going to fill us. And um, that'll just be what it is. And I'm just thankful to have this time with you every Tuesday night at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. We're always live here on Facebook. I am Shakima. I am Deontay. We're the Dunlabs. We are the Dunlabs. We're in it together. All right. We'll see y'all next week. Thanks, everybody.